here with my co-host Jim. How you doing, Jim? Incredible, Kiko. Super excited, man. Yeah, well, we have uh, a very exciting guest. Um, we are both honor and privileged to have uh, Mr. Rich Gaspari. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. Great <laughs> to be on your show. Thank you. Hey, welcome to the program, Rich. I uh, so much. so fired up when Kiko told me. I mean, I, I had posters of you on my walls when I was a teenager, man. So wanted to be like you. Never got that far in the bodybuilding side of things, but oh, thank may, you. maybe on the entrepreneurial side of things one day. Yeah. So <laughs> as you as you you know mentioned, if any of the listeners or <laughs> people that are watching the podcast don't know who I am, I'm I was basically a world bodybuilding champion professional. I competed into the late '80s, into the '90s. Uh, I was one of those skinny, ninety-pound weaklings, you know, you call that was just a skinny kid that wanted to build his body. I was so intrigued by um, what bodybuilders look like because the first thing I, I did is one of my friends. I was, I was like, I don't know, it was like eleven years old, playing at his house, and we were playing ball. But then I happened to go into his basement. I saw these stacks of magazines, which I saw. Um, Pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, Franco Colombo, yeah. uh, Frank Zane, uh, Robbie Robinson, which were all the big bodybuilders of the 70s into the 80s. And when I saw these guys, they looked like superheroes to me. You know, and I was this, sure. you know, I was this 11 year old kid that said, you know what, I want to be a bodybuilder. I was I was too young to really be a bodybuilder, but I was so intrigued by it. And I knew even at the age of 11 years old, that one day I would be a bodybuilding champion. And with anything in life, you know, it takes years and years to build your body. And eventually I ended up becoming, you know, Mr. America, Mr. Universe, uh, winning the Arnold Classic, three times second place in the Mr. Olympia, which is the most prestigious show you can win against an eight-time Mr. Olympia, Lee Haney, who uh, happened to be my training partner that when I moved to California, he saw how uh, just how vicious I was in the gym and how I trained that this guy, you know, uh, Lee Haney came up to you and said, I'd love for you to train with me. So that I want to win my first Olympia, which he was a pro and I was still amateur. He won his first Olympia and I ended up winning the nationals and winning Mr. Universe. A year later, he become I became one of his fiercest competitors, <laughs> which he never knew that his training partner would be that. But I had such a drive and tenacity to become a champion. I put all my efforts into it and all my focus into it to become one of the best bodybuilders in the world that still today, you know, 30 years later, people still know who Rich Gasparri is, which is really, which is really cool that I'm still known, you know, I, I've gotten... Lifetime Achievement Awards by Arnold Schwarzenegger mm -hmm. on, on the um, Venice Beach Walk of Fame that you can see, you know, my plaque there and many, many other accolades that I've been able to, you know, have from what I've done in bodybuilding. But we talked about entrepreneurship and part of, you know, being a tenacious, so mentally driven, focused bodybuilder, what that did, that was, that was, that, that gave me the ammunition to become a successful entrepreneur. Now, I love bodybuilding and what what happened to me in the 1997 is I, I had a, a ruptured disc in my neck, which basically uh, curtailed my career in bodybuilding and I was bedridden. 
you know, so they can mm-hmm. no longer compete. But I call it a blessing in disguise because because I couldn't compete no more. While I was in bed, I said, what am I going to do now? I can't compete no more and use my body to make money. You know, what am I going to do? And I was so amazed at uh, the supplement industry. It was very, it was at its infancy at that time when I got into it, into the sure. late 90s. Creatine existed and amino acids existed, but nothing was really there like it is today. So I looked at it and said, I'm going to get into this business. Now, mind you, the only companies that were doing this were multi-million dollar companies. And I was, you know, a pro bodybuilder that traveled the world. And, you know, I, I, I went from being a bodybuilder to putting on my salesman hat and started selling Gisparin nutrition products. And I started with very basic products. Um, I went gym to gym, door to door, selling these products uh, to get my brand known. And and believe it or not, I thought I was so like appreciated by my fans and people. But when I started going to the gyms to try to sell them something, I, I couldn't believe that I was getting the door slammed on me by, you know, some of these gyms that I used to go to that worship me. So sure. it was a totally different experience to go from you know, going from the red carpet to then, you know, whining and dining. I used to get wine to dine, and then I had to wine and dine and get these uh, customers to start to buy the brand. But once I got the hang of doing that, and I'm, the one thing I have is I'm very persistent. They told me I would never become a top bodybuilder, and I became one of the best bodybuilders in the world. They told me I would never become a great businessman. And, you know, I built a multi-million dollar international company. So for me, it was, you know, that mental drive, focus, tenacity, you know, but also when you bodybuild, you have to plan, you have to, you know, execute by, you know, knowing what you're doing with your diet, knowing what you're doing with your training, logging everything. So in business as well, you have to do the same thing. If you want to be successful in business, you can't just like start a business and not plan what you're going to do. You have to know what you're doing and um, getting the right people. The thing about business, you got to get the right people on your team as opposed to just, you know, when you're just an athlete, you're kind of doing that just yourself. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I saw one of the things that stood out to me in your documentary is that you were considered, as you mentioned, like an underdog, not because of your tenacity, but because of your size compared to a lot of bodybuilders. And, um, so I know that myself, I'm, I'm a lifelong underdog and I know there's a lot of people that get into business that might be the underdogs. Maybe they don't come with a silver spoon. Maybe they don't come with a ton of capital or, you know, 20, 30 years of knowledge and they're just hungry scrappers. What, what advice would you give somebody if they're coming into the business world as an underdog? What is an edge that you feel like you might be able to share with them that they could use? I mean, be confident and when you speak to anybody you know you know i always say perception is reality you know you want to look the part in anything you do if you feel like you you, you're hesitant in anything you do no one's going to trust you like when you know a lot of business deals i've done is i showed such confidence that Mm. they bought from me because they knew like wow rich is so confident or so passionate be passionate in what you're doing so if you don't have all the accolades or the money but you have the passion and they could see that, that you're there seriously um, showing that this is something you really believe in and that you will do everything to, you know, please that customer. 
That's what you have to do. I mean, you have to show confidence. You have to show passion. And if you show these these things, you can move the needle. You also have to know that you will get doors slammed on you. And if you do, you're just going to move on to the next door because it will happen. And it's, it's you know, I always believe you're, you're never a loser unless you give up. You know, losers right. are people that give up. If you never give up, you're not a loser. So that's, you know, that's the point you have to make. And there's going to be hard times when you go through dark times that you're saying, what am I doing? Is this something that I'm doing is right? And let me tell you, when I started Gaspire Nutrition, people thought I went from this big name bodybuilder to starting a supplement brand. That didn't happen. I, I was a bodybuilder that got injured. Unfortunately, I went through a divorce at the time. I actually went into personal bankruptcy. So, and then I had to move back to my parents' house. Mm. So that was a really hard thing to do in my in my you know early 30s that I did this when I was like my whole 20s, I was living the life, traveling the world. Right. But I knew that I had something with Gaspari. And you know, it was funny, I was trying to make a living selling these products and it, it wasn't doing as well as I wanted to do. So I took on another job. I tried to take on another job as a salesman in insurance insurance hmm. salesman, which I went, got a suit, took the, uh, it was basically selling uh, mortgage insurance. So okay. I, 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 t- I did the school and everything. And I, and I went out and, you know, wore my suit, went door to door selling this insurance. And I ended up selling the insurance, you know, selling policies to, you know, people for the mortgage insurance. I come back to my manager and say, I have good, I have good news and bad news. I said, the good news is I sold, you know, two, you know, two insurance policies. The bad news is I quit. I can't do this <laughs> not, because it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. Whatever you do, you have to sure. do what your passion is. And although, you know, people were telling me, give up on what you're doing with conspiring nutrition, just like they told me to give up on, you know, being a pro bodybuilder that I would never beat these, these greats. And, and it's one of the reasons I was called the dragon slayer because right. you know, a dragon slayer is a mythical uh, person that can overcome and combat anything, you know, anything that's usually or is impossible to beat. You know, you can't beat a dragon, but, you know, a dragon slayer can beat a dragon. So I was called the dragon slayer because they had doubt that I would become this great bodybuilder, but I was still able to beat some of the best bodybuilders in the world. Same thing in business. You want to be a dragon slayer. You have to slay your dragons and the dragons are, any obstacles that come in your way. And that's not, that's just a metaphor. It's not being a nasty person. Right. You just have to be that person that's persistent, that's passionate, that studies whatever they're doing and, and just, just is there over and over and over. I mean, you had a personal brand before personal brands were even a thing, you know, that was your thing in nutrition and bodybuilding. So it makes sense that you kind of stayed in that lane. Yeah, I, I, you know, what happened was I was known, you know, it's funny because Lee Haney would call me the, uh, what would he call me? We'd call me the uh, professor because I, I, I basically logged everything I did, you know, from my eating to the supplements I took, how I felt in the gym, how I trained in the gym. And I, 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 I was a pre-med student, you know, at mm-hmm. Rutgers University. And for okay. me, I took bodybuilding. I just, I, I gave it a scientific approach. So everything I, I did see. was like all written down. So when it came to diet, you know, there was a back then, you know, basically just drop your carbs and that's it. I found that, you know, you had a combination of, you know, 
you could drop your carbs, but then, you know, you don't want to like just totally drop your carbs continually because you slow down your metabolism. So I came up with a diet. Actually, you know, Kiko's on my diet currently is we right. do like car you do carb cycling. You know, I came that, you know, carbs are not bad for you. You know, when I started getting very lean, I followed a diet of 40, 40, 20. It's not what that's not my diet. It was it was uh, designed by a nutritionist, Barry Sears, but I found that was the best diet to not only lose body fat, but also gain muscle because the protein intake was very high. So I, I took a scientific scientific approach to the sport of bodybuilding, which most people look as to, at bodybuilders as just muscle heads, you know, just dummies, you know, that just lift, you know, they pick things up and put them down. Like, you know, you hear the commercial, but right. you know, if, if you put a scientific approach to bodybuilding, um, I was able to be the most ripped bodybuilder in my era and set a new standard sure. in the sport, which got me to win all the shows I did because of my conditioning. And that was all because it was a scientific approach in what I did. That's amazing. Yeah, let me, Rich, so you mentioned something important, I think, which is um, body, bodybuilding gave you a lot of the traits that an entrepreneur can benefit from. But let me ask you the opposite yes. question. Has entrepreneurship changed you a little bit? What What is it that you have learned about entrepreneurship that made you even a better person? Well, just to understand being an entrepreneur, you have to know that you will have dark days that you keep doing something over and over and over and mm -hmm. thinking it's going to work and it doesn't work. That happens a lot. And, and that's what I learned from being an entrepreneur. Um, I, you know, I believe that if you really believe in something passionately and you have that persistence, you will succeed. You know, you have to do the work. You can't sit back and think people are going to do things for you. Um, as an entrepreneur, you want to hire, you know, you always say you want to bring on the right, you want to bring the right people onto your bus, uh, per se. You want to bring the right people into your team because the one thing I learned is being an entrepreneur is you start off trying to do everything. And as your business right. grows, you have to start looking into hiring the right people that are experts in the different fields that you're working in. And, and, and I always say, stay in your lane. Make sure you stay in what you're best at. If you try to um, put yourself in a lot of different places in the business that you're not good at, you're going to really not do well. So you want to make sure whatever you're good at, Make sure you do that and do it really well and get the people that are better at the things that you're not good at to do it. But make sure you understand what those other people are doing because you can't get taken advantage of in business. You know, the world right now is very much digital, you know, with learning about target marketing, affiliate marketing, organic marketing, all these different things that I had to study and learn. So... I knew that I couldn't do it just myself, but at least I had to understand what it was and then hire the right people to do it. But you want to understand what that person's doing because you always have to think that that person may take advantage of you if you have no knowledge in that sector of the business. So always know, at least know a little bit about or to know the premise of that, whatever you're doing so that that person can't take advantage of you. Yeah. So you're just not blindly following their advice, but at least. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's good. 
Um, yeah, there's one one thing that I'm that I'm curious about, um, which is, you know, the other, and I know that Jim has a question about teams, but you just mentioned people, right? And I know right. most of most of the athletes that are elites. I, I work with some too um, on the mental strength and mental coaching side of things. And what I've noticed is, and I've heard a CEO saying this. That at the beginning, you think it's just you, right? And you have to do a lot of things and put a lot of hats. Then you have to learn to work with people. But then you have to learn to work with the best people. <laughs> so it, it, yeah. isn't, that a, isn't that an interesting challenge? I don't know if you've seen it, but as you grow, and Gaspari Nutrition now is you know, super recognized worldwide. You've been at the top of the nutrition industry for many, many years. So are you also... I mean, is there a balance between what you just said, which is, yeah, you know, you have to look after your business in general, but this level of trust with teams, right? I guess you have to trust the best people. You, 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 you hit it on the nail. I mean, you can't um, micromanage people. You have to trust the people that you do have. You have to delegate what they do. You have to have good communication with the people that you do have in your business. You know, having weekly meetings, monthly meetings, quarterly meetings, you know, and what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish to make sure they're getting done. Have tasks done that you have set for these people to do. You know, make sure you have a good communication. You know, whatever you're going to use your, with your group or your team, make sure that you're all communicating. And what are their job duties that they have to do? you know, and make sure they get done because a lot of times tasks just get over, you know, overlooked and they don't get done. So if there's a task to be done, um, make sure that, you know, those people in the group are accountable to making sure they get done. You know, setting up standard operating procedures in a business as you grow, you have to make sure that everybody is following what you're doing in a business so that you have a certain sector of the business, whether it's, you know, customer service or whether it's, you know, uh, even packaging boxes that you have, you know, you have a standard operating procedure so that anyone can just fall in place to take that job if needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have more specialized jobs, like, you know, I have a webmaster that does a lot more than, you know, you would say from email blast to, you know, making sure that the website is running properly, you know, a lot of different things that it's way beyond just putting an SOP involved with that. Then sure. you need an even higher expert. But I, I think it's, I think it's having communication, you know, constantly meeting with your team to whatever those tasks that are in hand to do and making sure that you're reaching certain goals. You want to have certain goals, like whatever you're doing in sales, you know, we want to grow sales X amount. Let's reach those goals. As long as there are, you know, something that could be done, you can't make them so out of whack that they, you know, that you discourage your team. Try to make, right. you know, reasonable, uh, you know, forecasts that your, you know, that your team can work on it. If they go above that, then of course, then you reward those people that are doing that work. Yeah, that's good, Rich. One of one of the things that really stood out to me from uh, the documentary is what people on your team said about you. And then I didn't really understand the relationship with the athletes, but do you, do you like sponsor certain athletes or something? But I remember 
like a lot of people work for you. They just had great things to say about your working relationship. And then there was one bodybuilder in particular, a young guy. I couldn't remember his name. I didn't make note, but he just said when he met you and you started kind of mentoring him, how humble you were and that you were really great at building relationships. And he said he had never met anybody that had achieved your level of success that was as humble and kind to him. He, he had that opposite experience of a lot of people. And so from a business building standpoint, can you talk about, talk to our listeners about your philosophy on building relationships or how you treat people and why, why did those people say things like that to you? What is it about you that you feel is like maybe the, the secret sauce on building relationships? Well, you, you should treat people the way you want to be treated, no matter how high, how high up the ladder that you can, you can become. You know, I always believed it was hard work and that, you know, we are all God's children and where, you know, we're all the same. And, you know, I can look at someone that is a janitor, you know, in my business to a high end executive and treat them all the same, you know, with respect. I, you know, mm. when you have people that don't respect others, I, I just, it really irks me. And I've had experiences in my life where, you know, when I was coming up that I wasn't respected and it just felt terrible. So I, I just think if you really respect people, you don't want to get taken advantage of people because you can, you know, I always sure. say, don't take kindness for weakness. You know, right. so there are people out there that if you're kind to them, they think they can take advantage of you. Right. There's another side of me is that if I'm taken advantage of, I have no problems in letting someone go or firing them or going after them legally, you know, because that's part of business that you have to show that you have strength. But I, I treat everybody with respect. I think that's very important. And when you treat people with respect, they'll respect you back and work harder for you, you know, and, and do more for you. Um, I yeah, you're talking that, about yeah. loyalty because the thing that doesn't exist in corporate America right now is a lot of loyalty. And yes. you could almost say it's because whatever that corporate structure was that was there when I was there and Kiko was there, it's just like, don't build relationships with your people because then you won't be able to manage them in a tough minded way. And all these things that when I actually got into business, all of that's bull. It's the exact opposite, man. People don't yeah. care what you know until they know that you care. And those people that you did treat with respect and you um, treated them as an equal, what that does, because that is unique in business, it creates that loyalty. That's that's kind of what I took away from from watching the documentary is the people are super loyal to you. And there's there's, you know, something behind that. It's a big deal. Well, <clears throat> You hit it on the nose, like you, you want to treat people with respect. And I have employees that have been working for me for over 15 years. I have mm -hmm. an athlete that's been working with me, Hida Yamagishi. I don't know if that was one of the guys who did yeah. the interview from Japan. He's a guy that's been with me. That's one of the greatest Asian bodybuilders in the world. He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger when it comes to like in Asia. Right. Now, he's gotten offers from companies to move and go with them. And he stayed with me because he was loyal. I treated him, you know, with kindness and loyalty. And he's still with me today, you know, because our business is so big in Asia that I've worked a deal with him that he's making more money now than he's ever made because of that mm. loyalty he had for me. But it's also because he's doing the work. 
he, right. he's so famous in Japan that, you know, I've made products with his, you know, his likeness on it, not just my yeah. likeness, but his likeness and giving royalties to him on those products that now he's doing more as a retired bodybuilder. Actually, he came out of retirement and won the Masters Olympia that was done, done this wow. year. Okay. But he is, he is like really well known in the Asian community and he's very loyal to the brand. And that's all because I've always treated him very good. Even through hard times, he was always there because I treated him good. So, mm. and I have employees that have been working with me, you know, employees that are in the accounting, employees in sales, employees in marketing, and they've all stayed with me year after year because they, you know, I treat them with respect. Um, they get the work done. If I say something has to be done because of a certain time, they'll work and get it done for me. I just don't yeah. believe in treating people, you know, cruel to get them to do something. You know, I don't want employees to fear me. I want them to respect me, but I want to make sure that you have that loyalty, like you said, that they'll work hard for you. Yeah, yeah. that's a great nugget. And so the, another thing that, that that is just absolutely fascinating about you and your business is that you have managed to stay in touch with multiple generations. It's very rare that businesses, unless they have this super longevity, right? You, you are IBM and three generations know who IBM is, although I maybe... I shouldn't say that anymore because that particular one will <laughs> will not continue. <laughs> but you have yeah. you have inspired yeah. people from our <clears throat> generation, the previous generation, the after generation, the current generation. How do you do it? How do you keep up with all the different needs and things like that? I mean, this multi generational approach is fascinating, Rich. <clears throat> you got to keep up with the times. A lot of problems when you know people start a business and they're successful for what made them you know what made them successful from the beginning mm -hmm. actually changes through time and i've learned this you know because gasparri's had its ups and downs but i've learned that you you may have done something that worked say 20 years ago but it doesn't work today and you have mm -hmm. to learn from that another thing is constantly showing you know uh passion innovation by showing people that you're constantly coming up with new products and developing, you know, new ways of selling. When I started Gaspari Nutrition, the way to market the brand was through magazines and going to trade shows. Right. Today, there's no magazines. Everything changed digital to using social media, using yeah. affiliate marketing, using organic marketing through social media with athletes and it totally changed even going to a lot of the trade shows they're starting to come back but if you don't see return on investment from going to a show and spending you know tens of thousands of dollars to go to a trade show and then you're not sure what you got out of that a lot of times it's like why am i doing this but that's what i right. used to do because there was no roi in, in in what a magazine did for you but now it's it's very much with the digital market in the digital age you can know that if you do a certain ad, you get three three times, you know, conversion rate, or you get you you can see the analytics. So, would you ask me how is, how did I go through multi generational, the multi generational time is a staying with the times when it came to the marketing, bringing in younger people. You know, at the point I was the young athlete, 
now I'm 60 years old. I'm still, the thing is I still train like a maniac. You know, I was in Japan. I trained with one of the top Olympians um, in the classic and I did legs with them and I totally annihilated them on legs. I still train really, really hard. And, and they had total respect that, wow, like how is it possible that you in your 60s are still training against guys in their 20s and 30s and still beating them in the gym? I've been doing this, you know, every day, you know, you know, four to five days a week for the past 40 years. You know, I have, I have some injuries. I, I told you the one injury that, that curtailed my career was the herniated disc in my neck, the ruptured disc in my neck. Yeah. But everything else on me is, is healthy. You know, mm. I take care of myself. And, you know, lifting to me is, is now my vice. It's my therapy, you know, per se. I know right. that I'm not going to compete Mr. Lippy, but for me, it's my therapy to go every day to the gym. I know that I'm not going to be the best bodybuilder, but, you know, I'm a 60-year-old guy that still is in great shape, you know, that looks great because I enjoy doing it. But you said about staying up with the times is showing these younger generation that, hey, look at me. I can still do it. You know, I'm not, I'm no old old guy. I can still train with you guys. I can still show you guys, you know, and being there with those, with those people, with those young guys and showing them who I am and what I'm about. So that's kind of how I've been continually, you know, reinventing who Rich Gasparri is, you know, it's, and to me, it's fun. Like I went from, like I said, the, the athlete to the legend, you know, to the elder statesman, you know, in the sport. And now it's like, I'm mentoring many, many people in, right. you know, training so that they, you know, can get to their best shape. And now it's like, I have 40 years of experience in bodybuilding. I have 40 years of experience in diet. I can look at anybody and say, this is what you got to do and get them in shape. Mm. And, and that's have part a of something. <laughs> I was always good at it. You have a witness. What's that? It works. <laughs> yeah. You lost. How much did we, how much did you yeah, lose? 36 like pounds. So 36 pounds. That's good. Keto. So it's, it's your <laughs> fault that he can't go have a drink with me. <laughs> He's like, you know, I don't drink anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm buying. He's like, that's tempting, but I can't do it. So it's, I didn't and, know, and, I didn't know, know it was you behind the scenes. Yeah. Cause I wanted, you know, I, I showed him, you know, you want to do this. This is what you have to do. And <clears throat> Kiko has been following my advice and getting himself in shape. And that's just something I've been doing now, mentoring people to get them in shape. And it's actually a great, it's it's actually a great feeling to help people that stick with it and see the changes in their body. I mean, I showed a picture of Kiko when he looked at when he started with me. I said, you recognize this guy? I showed him a picture. And, it, and he was like, wow, look at how much I changed. So it's, yeah. it's, ama it's amazing. That's really good, man. I mean, obviously from, you know, star to sage, I mean, taking that wisdom um, and sharing with other people, one of the things that, I think you kind of closed out the documentary and you're not even on here to plug the documentary, but it, it really hit me between the eyes because I mean, I hadn't heard your name in a while cause I don't follow the nutrition side of things a whole lot. But I remember like when he said your name, I was like, I had an instant flashback to looking at you and Lee Haney and all those folks. I, I know that's the name I'm not supposed to mention, but you know, no, but, he, uh, he's, not he's my brother, you know, Lee Haney is yeah. my brother, by the way. I, I yeah. love him like my brother, you know, because I'll tell you more stories. He, yeah. he he took me in. When I lived in California, I had nowhere to live. 
and I was going to move back to New Jersey. And he was like, you're my training partner. I lived in a little apartment with, with in, a, in a spare room <laughs> with his wife. And I prepared for the show with his wife, you know, with his wife living there. So I would never say anything bad about Lee Haney. Nah. Lee Haney is my mentor and one of the best men, very spiritual. Yeah, you can tell guys. you still have a great relationship. And he, he, he respects you because he said, you know, just from the fact that you were competing with him and, and giving him a run for his money the entire time, he, he, you can tell he loves you and respects you. But because what I was going with, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry, where I was going with is like you talk about as you kind of turn the clock over to 60, I think you mentioned and that you're, you can now start coaching people and helping people. So if we're talking to people that either have or want to fire their boss, which is the premise of this podcast. And I know that, you know, health and being in shape and that kind of wheel of life, whether it be your spiritual life, your, you know, financial life, your business life, your family life, you don't want to give up your family and your health to go grind out and make a bunch of money. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of speak to, I don't know, just like ultimate performance. If you're an entrepreneur, most people don't think about their health routine. They don't think about working out. They don't think about their diet. They're just grinding and they might be grinding it out and going to the drive through at McDonald's at 11 o'clock at night after a long day. So can you maybe speak to just how important that nutrition is and maybe a tip or two for somebody that's kind of getting into business on how to kind of balance and keep, keep their diet well so they can perform well in, in, in business? Here's the main point. All the wealth in the world means nothing without your health. Health is number one. I mean, your family is number one. Well, health is number one, then family is number two, and then wealth is number three. You know, you you have to stay healthy. Here's another thing. If you are healthier and you're in better shape and you're training every day, you know, I get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym so that I can work all day. You make, and people say, I don't have the time to train. You always have the time for that one hour, one and a half hours of time to go to the gym. If you train, you know, like have Kiko doing four to five days a week, if you take care of yourself, you eat, you eat better, healthier, instead of eating McDonald's. And, you know, if you don't drink and stay out all night and party, you will be healthier. You will have a better mindset. You know, I just did a post about, you know, I train now for the mental part of it. You know, so it's like, how does it help you mentally? When I go to the gym, I get up at five. It's my routine to go there and train in the gym and go through my vigorous workout that I would do, whether, you know, whatever I'm doing. But I feel amazing mentally after that workout. Mm. It's it just the endorphins that you get from training is amazing. I, I feel energized the entire day when I get up early and I hit the gym early and train. So when you're asking me, why would someone that's in, you know, that's basically an entrepreneur, why would they train? You want to have this big gut and be all fat and out of shape, have no energy, you know, feel like crap. When you feel good, you're going to work more efficiently. You're going to think more efficiently. So you need to make it part of your genre that you need to be not only work hard to be in shape, but you also have to to basically um, focus on your business, but focus on your health. 
Those mm. two work in hand in hand. If you don't focus on your health, you know, I remember seeing a guy, he was like, this is when I was young, when I just started Gaspari, he was just big fat guy, he had a lot of money. And he's like, you'll see when you start working in your business, you won't have time to train and you'll get out of shape like me. I looked at this guy and I'm like, you know what? That ain't going to be me. No matter what, I'm not going to get fat and out of shape. I want to make sure I can see my toes. You know, I'm not mm. going to never get that fat. So I made it a point to say, you know what? Health is wealth. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. You know, so I made sure that I always stayed in shape, you know, did my cardio, did my training, watch what I ate, you know, ate healthy because I felt it made me more efficient. It had me work harder, longer. You talked about another thing is, you know, you want to make sure you balance your time with your kids. You know, I have a four-year-old son. I, a lot of times wow. I spent, you know, yeah, believe it or not, at 60, I have a four-year-old son. That's just me. <laughs> you're going to be grinding. You're going to be grinding for a minute. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's good but, news for your employees. You're like, okay, he's in for another 20 years. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I figure that's, you know. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that work into their 80s, so I, I figure I'll, I'll, I'll be one of those guys. Hey, but that's a great testimony. If you'd stay in shape and keep your health up, then your boys will still be swimming at 56 years old, right? That's <laughs> what I want to do. Listen, you remember, you, you guys are older, you remember Jack LaLanne. You know, Jack sure. LaLanne, at his 60th birthday, he pulled 60 rowboats with his hands handcuffed from Alcatraz <laughs> to San Francisco. You know, he did some amazing I, feats. I don't remember that, that, but I believe that, yeah. <laughs> that's He would story. do every year, he would do something crazy on his birthday to show that age was just a number and that, you know, 60 didn't mean nothing. I mean, he lived to 97, you know, yeah. and, he, and he worked out every day. And, you know, I was fortunate to know Jack. You know, it was really cool. In my position, I met a lot of people that I was fortunate to get to know. I knew Jack Lane, and, you know, talking to him, same thing, got up at 4.35 in the morning, trained every day, would never miss a workout. Till the day he died, he worked out that same day. He told wow. his wife, oh, I have a, a headache. I'm going to lay down. And unfortunately, he passed away. <laughs> he didn't have any, he didn't suffer anything. He just, I guess, in yeah. 97, that was his, that was the end. Hey, that's I met, a good way to know, go, I guess, right? I met guys and became friends with like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, you know, I met and got to know Sylvester Stallone and, you know, being in this position, you know, being a bodybuilder, you'll be surprised how many like famous people are fans of the sport, mm -hmm. you know, um, right. Shaquille O'Neal was like, Oh, mm -hmm. I was a big fan of yours when I was a kid. I'm like, really Shaquille O'Neal. But it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of cool that I was able to inspire others from the passion I had, you know, from being this bodybuilder. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were the man, like, it, that was the time of magazines and there was magazines everywhere with you, you know, and your six pack on, on the newsstand. So that's, you know, that, that, that memory and those photos are emblazoned in my brain forever, man. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you. You inspired me not necessarily to go on to be a bodybuilder, but just the possibilities of, wow. Okay. Focus can take you to someplace like that. I don't even know. It's unbelievable. And 
Uh, I'm just I'm just thankful for you. I'm thankful for your time. I know Kiko's got some more questions, but I just wanted to thank you personally. For, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no for, problem. Love for, uh, for inspiring yeah, a dude yeah. from from Northern Indiana back in the listen, Rich. 80s you mentioned 90s, something you know? also interesting. You cool. say you wake up at five, you do your workout. How is <clears> a normal, <throat> typical day of Rich Gaspari today? Because it's probably different than when you were the the world champion. <laughs> When I was a world champion, I, I just I just trained, ate, and slept. <laughs> That's what I did. You know, practice my posing. I mean, now my day starts off. I get up at five, you know, five five fifteen. I get to the gym. I train till eight o'clock. You know, I, I get done about eight o'clock. Get home, eat my breakfast, and then I start my day. You know, working in the you know I work remotely a lot in the office. Um, you know, talking to my team. I have, I have meetings with the marketing team. Um, I have meetings with, you know, the staff of the company. As you know, I do some online training, so I help people out also. And, you know, now this other thing that I'm doing, this other sideline business of training people is another thing I've been doing and helping people. Um, I mean, I just organize my day just to do what I need to do for Gasparian Nutrition. And, what I have to do on my online training um, to, you know, come up with ideas, you know, with new products that we, you know, we develop. I go to the manufacturer once a month to see, you know, what's going on with the manufacturing, what's going on with the warehousing. Um, so, I mean, I'm constantly doing something, talking to customers, you know, for sales, talking to the marketing and what we're going to do on their next idea to grow the company. So it's just, it's just a constant, you know, organized day of what Rich Gasparri is going to do for, you know, his, you know, his company. And I work, you know, from about eight to around six or seven, but a lot of times I can continue to work even later than that. Um, I do a lot of traveling too, you know, like in the, in the month of November, I was, I was basically home maybe about four or five days. I went to uh, the Mr. Olympia that was in mm -hmm. Orlando um, there to see customers as well. There, to, of course, to see the show and show my face. Um, I went to Korea. I went there to actually for business because I have a big account in Korea. I'm growing the business there. I mm. went to Japan. I went back home because I told you family is very important. I could have stayed in Korea and spent an extra week and visited, you know, different parts of Japan. But you know what? I wanted to come home to my kids. So I, I went from Korea back home, then back to Japan on the same oh, wow. uh, time zone, stayed there for another week, and then came home. So I travel quite a bit. You know, I, I have 1.4 million miles on my traveling because I go to see, you know, customers from all over the world. I still think face-to-face -face is the best. I mean, people say that's not necessary anymore. But I was able to grow my business much more by being face-to-face -face with customers than just right. doing Zoom calls. I think it's very important. Like when I went to Japan, I, you know, I saw my partner there, not my partner, but my, my distributor who's selling my brand and the ideas, you know, spent mm -hmm. all day and like, what are the ideas we're going to do? What are the issues that we have at hand? And going from there. And they really appreciate that you take this time to go visit them in their place instead of just saying, oh, I, I don't have time. I'm just going to do this over the yeah. phone. So a lot of my 
a lot of what I do is traveling to see customers, um, you know, to help grow the business or figure out ways of uh, working with them so that we right. can just and, do and more, do uh, more business. Yeah. Yeah. I think post COVID, I'm sorry, Kiko. I was just saying in post COVID where everybody's doing digital, just showing up is like a whole nother level of customer service now that people don't necessarily expect. But if you just show up face to face, they feel like you gave them an extra level of customer service, you know? So. No, definitely. And that's what I've been able to, that's what I've been able to do is just show that more, not only customer service, but show them the time that I'm making, you know, to, to go see them, travel to see them. You know, there was actually some shows that were going on uh, in Japan. So it's another reason I was there that we supported the show, the, the Japanese championship. So I was there at the Korean championships, which I was there, the Mr. Olympia, which I was there. So a lot of those places I'm there just to, show that I'm still relevant as well. I mean, if you're just in your ivory tower, you're never going to be able to, you know, grow in thinking that you're somewhere outside. Yeah, I think it takes away your team's excuses too, man, because you're engaged and you're charging. So you're not asking them to do anything that you're not willing to do. Exactly. And I think that's another thing that you get respect from employees. If you show them how hard you can work, they'll work as hard as well, well. I think that we are going to just great. probably leave it there. We know that you're a busy man. We really appreciated you coming to the show. Um, any last pearls of wisdom for the audience? Remember that these are probably entrepreneurs or corporate guys that are willing to, or at least thinking of going entrepreneurship. So um, it, any, any last words of uh, wisdom from you? Well, Anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that it's not all roses and, you know, sunshine, as you know, because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you can be left there where you're making nothing or you're doing very, very well. Um, You can work hours and hours and hours and not show any results. And then all of a sudden things start to happen and you start to see, you know, the results of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have to be patient when you're an entrepreneur. You have to stay calm when you're an entrepreneur because there are going to be times that things will not always be the way you want them to be. There's going to be things that happen and mistakes that happen. Nothing's ever perfect. So you have to know that you may not have the stomach. This is what I always tell people. Some people are happy working a job and getting a paycheck, you know, every two weeks or every week that they get their paycheck, they feel safe. They feel cozy. They get that Mm -hmm. paycheck. But can they grow? They may get raises, but are they really going to grow compared to entrepreneurship, which the sky's the limit? The harder you work, the more you can make. You know, you can work as hard as you can, but when you work for somebody, know that you will not reap all the rewards where that other person will. So, and I hate to say this on this show because I have employees that work for me and I want to make sure they work their hardest. But there's a lot of people, they, they can't stomach this because, you know, you could start a business and you could spend, here's the thing, when you got somebody successful as an entrepreneur, how many people failed being an entrepreneur? You can spend right. a ton of money and, and not make it and have to go back to working for somebody. It's really not an easy task. Know that you are taking risks. You're taking risks that may not, you may not recover from. 
The thing is, is yeah. you want to take you want to take calculated risk. A lot of entrepreneurs they have nothing. You know, when I started Gaspari, I had you know I I came off of being this pro bodybuilder, but I had nothing. <laughs> I just said, let me just yeah. go for it. You know, I lived at home, so I, it was easier. I didn't have to sit there and pay rent. You know, with my parents that fortunately helped me, but. It's going to take a lot of sacrifices. That's what you need to realize. If you want to go into this world of entrepreneurship, that it will take sacrifices. And there's no guarantees. That's right. one thing to know. That's good. Well, how if people want to be inspired by you, you said, you know, you made a post this morning. If people want to find out more about you, follow you, follow your your journey, your company, where, where can they best follow you or find you? Um, go to my Instagram uh, Rich Gasparri. Um, okay. Come there and follow me. Um, also, you know, you can DM me. I mean, I get, a, I get, you know, hundreds or not thousands of DMs a lot. So, but I try to look through the, you know, the DMs and people that That's DM great, me, man. but, but at least, you know, you'll get to see what I'm about by following me on Instagram. Well, thanks. We really appreciate you. I'll let Kiko wrap it up, but I look forward to one day uh, shaking your hand in person because that's where relationships are built, Absolutely. right? So I look forward to that possibility. Okay. Um, no problem. People, nice uh, you. you know, GasparriNutrition.com is, is um, been up and running for many years and many more years to come. Um, really incredible products. Not to... Isn't that amazing? 26 years, Kiko. I mean, yeah, 26 people years. like you not only invented <laughs> bodybuilding, but invented business, man. It's pretty amazing. But I'm I'm honestly very, uh, very honored to just be connected to you, to learn from you. Um, I have to say to people that are actually thinking maybe uh, if there's any way to get in shape and things like that, uh, which is pretty amazing. I mean, it's a privilege, right? You're working with a world champion, so... Um, you he looks at you in the eyes and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> but but, <laughs> well, you know, what you said is I meet with everybody and I make sure it's a FaceTime or, you know, because I think when you meet somebody, it's unfortunate that you can't meet them in person. But at least mm -hmm. that I, you know, like I said, I look into your eyes and go, <laughs> "Are you following this? And what are you doing?" And it's more of a personal relationship than just me emailing you the diet and me talking to you just on the phone mm -hmm. i tell all my clients i want to see them in the face and uh because I, that's really important well now you have an advocate because anytime that i catch him cheating <laughs> i'll just tell him i'm going to report you to rich because so he's yeah, going to have accountability is, from both sides of this is that i look good good, good. um so <laughs> no thank you rich. Uh, we really appreciate it we'll be in touch and um to uh, the rest of uh, our audience and listeners, thank you for being with us. One more episode. Um, stick to this. Fire your boss. And uh, see. we'll see you next time.